0: This is Bibliophile, the terrible book exchange where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find.
1: For this episode of Bibliophile, I read Jennifer Season's Getting Lucky and Nick Red, Lethal Game, a Ghost Walker novel, book 16, by Christine Feehan.
0: Welcome to BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast. A week late, but hopefully not a dollar short. My name is Mick Dickinson. And
1: I'm Susan Dickinson.
0: And we are back to give you the worst books we could find for each other. It took a little bit longer this time around. But I feel
1: like we have some pretty good reasons. Uh, Mostly that a land hurricane came through Iowa and we didn't have power for six days which really shouldn't have prevented us from being able to read because we had a lot of daylight hours when we couldn't do anything else. But here we are. Except
0: that your boy had not yet downloaded his That's candle book. That's uh, And so could not get the download. Yeah, so in Iowa, we were faced with El Derecho, mm-hmm. which in Spanish means the derecho. Uh, and it was a land hurricane. And it was... Pretty freaky, though we turned out okay. I hear you uh, being very scared on the other end of this podcast. Don't worry. We're, we're fine. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Other people aren't, which is bad.
1: Yeah. Donate money if you can. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, once the, back to our the derecho damage was over, uh, and at least that of our family cleaned cleanup, uh, Mick got to work reading Lethal Game, which took him a really freaking long time to read because apparently... It's real long and real terrible. It's
0: real terrible, but it's more than just terrible. It's really long. It just kept going. I'm trying to find how many pages this thing... It was on Kindle exclusive, of course. Nope, that's the entirety of the first chapter. There we go. 400 pages.
1: Well, I have good news for you. At the end of this episode, we can talk about your next book, which is less than 200 pages. Very nice. It all evens out.
0: Hopefully with fewer uh, graphic sex scenes as well
1: yeah i really really hope so this I... one was apparently quite unpleasant for you
0: do too oh it was uh real bad but now that it's in as ben affleck would say my review uh it's gonna be a fun one to talk about but i'm not here to talk about lethal game yet uh i'm here to talk to you about the book you got
1: do you remember what that book was called? No, it had a cowboy mm-hmm. on the front. It sure did. It is called Getting Lucky. It is the first of the Brothers of Fortune books by Jennifer Seasons. What? I got you the f-
0: Jennifer Seasons.
1: And this book... Oh, I don't know. Nick... ...is Midnight Sins. You got me Midnight Sins in different packaging.
0: You got me Midnight Sins!
1: This book is Midnight Sins for a variety of reasons. Look at all the bullet points in my notes.
0: That's a lot of reasons.
1: This book is Midnight Sins, first of all, because it, like Midnight Sins, is set in Colorado. Ah. Like Midnight Sins, it follows a trio of boys. Instead of the Callahan cousins, we are following the Bachelors of Fortune... They are three friends, they're not related, who got rich super fast in a moment of luck. If you will remember, in Midnight Sins, there was treasure. This book also has treasure, but instead of pirates in the middle of Colorado for unknown reasons, this time the bachelors of fortune are panning for gold as a drunken joke And wind up becoming millionaires.
0: That is kind of a hoot.
1: It's it is a hoot. Um, our male protagonist, whose name is Sean, uh, Uh, has a S H A U N S E A N. (laughs) He's Irish. He's in Colorado, along with an atrociously written Irish accent. Really, so it's really bad.
0: They they committed because once, committed. You, start, you, once you
1: start, you can't stop. And I think the thing that I find most annoying about writing in Irish accent is that whenever he says the word "my," they always put Boy. it in as "me." Oh. Yeah. Meanderwears. um so like why like midnight sins uh our male protagonist in getting lucky has a complicated and tragic backstory they
0: always do would you
1: like to take a guess at sean's complicated and tragic backstory
0: he was uh he got kicked out of ireland due to some sort of localized potato famine
1: <laughs> no oh. he used to be a bare knuckles boxer in ireland but then Second a, guess. But then a mobster placed a big bet on him, and he lost, so now he's on the run from the mobster. But somehow he also won a horse in that fight, and that's how he got started in the horse racing business. In
0: the horse fighting business.
1: And they weren't planning to give him the horse, but then he stole the horse, even though he technically won it. Unclear. Lots is unclear, much like Midnight Saints. Oh,
0: man. I, he He's really been saddled with some backstory. <laughs>
1: Um, the biggest thing that makes this book like Midnight Sins is that it has this... Can
0: I guess? It has a very overly complicated plot, but it just exists to have people have gross sex. That
1: is exactly, almost word for word, what I wrote in my notes. The trademark
0: of the... The trademark of the Midnight Sins
1: genre. Um, So, ultimately, the, um, the... Ulvra. The, the plot. That was the word that I was looking for. Oh. The plot of the book centers around Shannon. Shannon is part of a, uh, a famous family in the horse racing industry. They were once millionaires, but they're going broke because of her dad's secret gambling addiction.
0: To horse racing, ironically. Her
1: dad blames industry up-and-comer Sean and insists that he must be cheating. So he sends Shannon to become one of Sean's stable hands to snoop on Sean, prove that he's cheating so they can get him out of the game, so they can start winning, and people will start coming to them to breed their horses, and then they'll get their millions back. Point Because of... he thinks that they don't know about his gambling addiction. Point of order. Okay.
0: Uh, wouldn't the famous family's daughter stand out a bit as a uh, stable hand?
1: Well, apparently no one knows what she looks like. It's not a very famous family. Yeah, well, here's the thing that also makes this book similar to Midnight Sins (laughs) is that we don't care about plot holes Mm, or consistency. I see. So as you said, almost word for word, the important part of the story is the boning and not the overly complicated backstory. And also, these two characters are instantly drawn together for no apparent reason. They're just automatically in love and have a primal need to bone each other. Which is so annoying to me in a lot of these books that we've read that there is no reason for characters to be attracted to each other other than the author needs them to be attracted to each other.
0: I have bad news about my book.
1: It's gross. They just instantly, like, she walks into the room and they feel the heat between them. And in uh, Midnight Saints it was hunger in this book it's heat there's heat between them there's electricity when they touch when they shake so he's gone
0: out to stud
1: apparently um also the uh author confuses names sometimes oh good this time with horses so um
0: Uh, i just want to point out to the listeners at home uh, i've tweeted about this before and if you're listening to this you almost certainly follow me on twitter because i'm hilarious but if you ever need to name a racehorse, just use the name of your second favorite podcast. So whatever comes after Bibliophile, whatever <laughs> podcast that is, name your horse that.
1: My brother, my brother, and me. Sawbones.
0: Other assorted maple right products.
1: <laughs> uh, you're Film wrong drug. about.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pod Save the People.
0: Pod Save America. And you have not listened to that. No,
1: I have not listened to that. Thank goodness. Um. Also i got to spend some time telling you and sharing some examples about the terrible, terrible writing in this terrible, terrible book. Uh, In Shannon's inner monologue, where would she be without her patience? It was her armor, her protection. Losing it would be worse than being thrown to a bunch of wild jackals with bacon-wrapped sausages strung around her head like a Christmas wreath.
0: I often think of my patience as my armor.
1: Yeah, Exactly. This guy that Dad is sending you to spy on is full-on Irish, with the accent to prove it, and downright sexy. He's like an Irish dove bar. You know just by looking at him that he's dark, smooth, and addictive. He moves with this loose, long-limbed gait and has an easy smile, but there's something almost dangerous about him bubbling under the surface. Like a dove bar. Also, they use the wrong form of gait. They say G-A-T-E instead of G-A-I-T. I
0: I have like six points of order. The confused metaphor there. He's like a dove bar. He moves with a long, loose gait. Yes, you know, like dove bars. Secondly, when you think of the complexion of an Irish person, Dark no. does not come to mind. No. Uh, Is he just perennially, and on his perennium, sunburned? Maybe. You would have to be as an Irish person working a range, right? Like, you wouldn't just tan. Yeah,
1: I suppose so. Yeah, he just constantly So I want sunburned. you to
0: imagine now the the sexy man that he's been made out to be, just like bright beet red all the time. <laughs> Lobster
1: red all the time. Ah, me skin. Me skin. Uh, in reference to Shannon's physical appearance, her butt was like a car's suspension system. It absorbed the shock and made the impact of jumping her horse feel like the smooth ride of a Rolls Royce. Not that she was going to upstage big-butted celebrities or anything. Fuck off. But it wouldn't be a runaway victory if they did compare backsides.
0: What is it with this? With the author like arguing against themselves in their descriptions? Second of all, your first descriptions of her butt was like a car suspension system... Won me over immediately, but and then also was able to absorb shocks. I thought that I was we were hopping right into a sex scene.
1: I know you're weird. You were very excited when I started reading that quote. Because
0: tell me that doesn't sound
1: like they're uh, doing it from behind. It absolutely does. Um, at one point, she says, I plan on climbing him like a mountain and howling from his peak like a coyote.
0: Coyotes don't <laughs> climb peaks. They're... All right, I have to get back to this butt suspension system. <laughs> Well, the thing I don't get about a lot of writing is that, especially with these terrible books, I can't think of any specific thing in mind, although I'm sure it showed up, is that basically what that paragraph said is, she had a big butt. Well, it wasn't that big. (laughs) Yeah. Why did you put the... You didn't say it would set a Guinness record for biggest butt. You're just like, she had a big butt. Well, no, It wasn't, like,
1: huge, but it was, you know, it was, like, pretty good. It was, like, pretty big, you know, when
0: you think about it. If you can't get storytelling skills, what makes you think you're going to be able to write a novel? (laughs) Like, in a story around a a restaurant table, if you did that, people Mm -hmm. would check out. She had a really big butt. Well, like, I mean... It,
1: was, it wasn't like jennifer wasn't like lopez or anything dead, but, but like it was like a am checked a out yeah i'm, I'm out. done i'm done with you um when also
0: i shouldn't be at a restaurant
1: when sean is inner monologuing about his tragic backstory <laughs> he says in the end it had been garth brooks and his friends in low places who'd shown sean out of the way of his dire predicament and onto the path that have led to his current life when that American country western song had come on the jukebox in the corner of that smoky pub he'd been holed up in, he'd had an important realization. American he had a music chance sucks. to start oh. completely new. To be anybody, he'd found inspiration and followed Garth's lead, moving out to the American West with and his na- newly acquired horse to become a rancher, and naming on reinventing Chris Gaines.
0: himself. As Chris Gaines. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's a also, folks friend, I got it. Oh. Friends in low places is not an inspirational song about reinventing yourself. It's about good. getting drunk with your buddies because your girlfriend's marrying someone else.
0: Yeah, it's about crashing a wedding. Uh, yeah. It's also, and I hate to admit this, because you know how much I hate when like you're right about stuff. I'm that kind of mm-hmm. husband. I know you are. Uh, but your. Go-to karaoke song, since I've been asking people what their go-to yes. karaoke song has been, has been Friends in Low Places by Garth Brooks. It and has been. <clears throat> when you first asked me this, I was I was astounded because it's a, not a very good song.
1: No, it's not a very good <clears> song. <throat> Garth Brooks is not a very good singer. That's which, not the that's, point Well, that's of also a positive. in Low Places. You don't yeah. want a karaoke no.
0: song singer that's I'm good I'm not singing. a
1: good singer either. Garth Brooks mostly just kind of rhythmically shouts his lyrics, which works for me. And also... If you are in a crowded bar with a lot of drunk people, which you should not be right now, but in the before times, if you were, <laughs> and you strolled on up to a microphone on karaoke night and saying "Blame it on my roots," the next I showed up in boots. boots, everybody. Oh, I thought you were leaping into the next line. Everybody is gonna is gonna happen and join you, even people who only vaguely know the song. <laughs> they know that first verse. <laughs> And they know, oh, I you know, got friends. A, everybody loves it.
0: it it's like a, when a dog sings along to someone playing the piano. Yes. That's they, even if they don't know the words, you'd be and like, they're just like I'm sorry. It's a know great
1: the words. karaoke
0: song. <laughs> we it's can't an sing an, anymore or else we're going to get copyrights.
1: It's break. an amazing karaoke song. It's very good. Nick, what is your new go-to karaoke song? I don't know, because I had one for a long time that was I I Believe in a
0: Thank God Love, but then my voice broke. I hit puberty apparently at 25, and I can't hit that note anymore.
1: Womp womp. I don't know. By our next episode of BiblioBile, I'd like you to have a new go-to karaoke song.
0: Uh, I think it might be the Carly song about masturbation.
1: Party for One. Party for if One. If you don't care about me. And it's okay.
0: on the radio just enough that I so think I can carry an it. It's also
1: absolutely great song. Bangers Only. Uh, there is one thing that I really... Self-bangers only. Self-bangers only. Oh, no. Um, there is one... There are a lot of bones that I have to pick with this book. One in particular... <laughs> is the boning. Is the way that they talk oh. about her anxiety disorder. Oh,
0: good. Which is
1: uh, a personal issue for me. Uh, for three years, she'd been attack-free, almost cured of her anxiety disorder. A of all, you don't get cured of anxiety; you, you don't manage get it. Cured
0: of any mental illness.
1: Uh, three full years of carefully cultivated peace, hours of managing and maintaining her life in as stress-free and anxiety-free an environment as she could make it.
0: Wow! I wish I had money.
1: And it had worked well, keeping the major panic attacks at bay and leaving only the mild day-to-day anxiety, which hummed like white noise in the back of her mind. The way to manage anxiety is not by carefully cultivating peace. Or managing and maintaining your life so that it is stress and anxiety free you. Well, you know how
0: anxiety is like a lawn where it grows. Yeah. And periodically you just have to mow it back down.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, how that's works. totally how it is. Yep. It is something <laughs> that you can care- carefully cultivate and maintain. Totally how that Just works. calm down. Yeah. Just just stop being anxious, really. Um so the, int- I
0: love, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Yeah, you, no, you're lying. I bad. love the way that the author thinks you eliminate anxiety is by eliminating things to be anxious about. Yeah. Which if anything
1: makes things worse <laughs> yeah, because good. most of the time when I'm anxious, I'm anxious about nothing. If yeah. I have something to be anxious there's about, it makes do, me feel right? better Yeah. because then steps. I'm not being anxious for no reason. <laughs> so- Everything's
0: perfect. I am released from my anxiety. Yeah. Absolutely do I not have the feeling that I'm forgetting something.
1: Also, I love that they're like, again, with the self-contradictions, she was basically anxiety-free, except for that low-level anxiety that was always happening in the background. <laughs> also
0: known <laughs> as anxiety.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know if you can hear this, but our dog is snoring so loudly in the background. He's he's a tired boy. Ah! Ah! So... Cutting back to the plot of this, her dad sends her to spy on Sean. They immediately fall in love and want to bone. She searches to find evidence that he is cheating and using steroids on his horses. She does not find it. But there is a shady mobster-like Irishman that keeps lurking around the small town, also known as an Irishman.
0: Hey-o, hey oh, Old-timey no. racism. Oh no!
1: Um, they eventually wind up having sex, and much like Mid- Midnight, the shady Sins, Irishman. No, the two main characters, much like oh. Midnight Sins, the sex scenes are all written as though the female protagonist doesn't actually want to have sex, which is like a gross and don't don't write that in your book and don't do that as a person, but also. Why is that how authors seem to think readers want sex scenes to be written? Isn't
0: it so sexy when someone puts up a fight?
1: It's not, though. It's It's icky. Yeah, it's like,
0: hell yes, I want a bone. That's way better. Um, How many uses of the word crest?
1: No uses of the word crest. We really do rely on the word heat. We love the word heat.
0: <laughs> I, I will have a sex scene off with oh, you. Oh, no.
1: So here's the thing is this book, the writing is not as bad as Midnight It Sins cannot be as bad. Because There's it cannot be. As as it's Midnight still Sins. not good, though. One, one similarity that I did find particularly um, lovely was that towards the end of the book, there is an attack on our main characters, much like there was in Midnight Sins. I don't remember. Uh, it is by a person that we have never heard of before. In Midnight Sins, a man named Lowry Barry, Barry Lowry.
0: Uh, I'm familiar. <laughs> attacked
1: the main characters. This time it's a man named Billy Hennessy. Still a person we've never heard of before.
0: But an actual name. But an so actual name. So we're making name. progress. Mm-hmm. Congrats to Laura Lee.
1: So we um, we, we wrap up the plot Uh, Turns out her dad is in league with the mobsters and her dad tries to kill Sean. They wind up, Sean and Shannon wind up just letting the mobsters go in exchange for their silence. Uh, But eventually the cops catch her dad and he gets arrested and she decides to stay in Colorado with him. The final thing that uh, makes this very similar to Midnight Sins is that it's a series. So the other... Two friends in the Bachelors of Fortune trio Naturally. each have their own books. Of course. And I presumed this as soon as I read the name Bachelors of Fortune. I was like, oh, yeah, there's going to be three dudes and they're each going to have their own book. And throughout this book, I was trying to figure out who they were going to wind up with. And my predictions were that one of them winds up with the librarian in town whose name is Apple. And uh, the other one winds Apple? up... Apple.
0: Mm-hmm. Is it, John Lennon's son?
1: Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. Oh, sorry. And the other one, why? And my prediction was that the other one winds up with Shannon's sister, Colleen. And so I looked, I looked them up, and I was right. The next book is about Sean's friend Jake and Apple the librarian, and it is called Talking Dirty.
0: Gross. <laughs> yeah, I Colleen.
1: hate it. Colleen,
0: Colleen, Colleen,
1: Colleen.
0: Maybe we should. I should do that.
1: I'm oh, you—that would be Don't great my... to do. Join. And I would.
0: Not switch the genders. Yeah. Take that, close-minded karaoke audiences yeah. in Iowa City.
1: Jolene, don't take my man. <laughs> so that He's my was best friend. Uh, <laughs> that was getting lucky. Um, it was way too similar to Midnight Sins for my comfort level. There were too many. There were too many things that were similar. It definitely felt like Jennifer Season's read Midnight Sins and was like, I could do better, and basically rewrote Midnight Sins slightly better yeah. i guess so good for her i mean good for her it was terrible i might get you a sequel at some point
0: i oh do you want to have this competition because uh, i am a li- yeah
1: there's 15 other <laughs> books in this series for you to read yeah so yeah i will i will take
0: that risk
1: so i found this book uh the book that mick read lethal game was a up and uh,
0: and uh, a, a library,
1: library free ebook and i can't remember how i found it but i remember saving it and i have a list of about five or six books that i i was
0: singing underneath
1: you okay i thought you wanted me to stop talking oh no um okay
0: you have six more books
1: uh, so yeah, I have about five or six books that are saved in a Google Doc that you are going to get over the course of the next several months. Get excited!
0: I have two books laying on our coffee table, as well as one more saved for you.
1: So. Yeah, plus this uh, this one that's sitting on the oh, desk yes. right here so that we'll we can talk, talk about that. at the end. But anyway, tell me about Lethal Games. So Lethal
0: Game stars the Ghost Walkers. The Ghost Walkers have a creed, and the Ghost Walker creed, it, I, I want to get there later. Anyway. So this book is bad, and this isn't even like a uh, other world. It's overly complicated, but it's not like an other world overly complicated. We're like, what? It is really bad, and I think the thing that does it worst is its pacing, because it seems to believe that every story beat, no matter if it actually relates to the story or not, necessitates about seven percent of the total volume of the book So no matter what it is it's going to be about seven percent whether it's the main conflict of the story Mm -hmm. or someone shows up yeah seven percent
1: and if you think about if this was an actual book seven percent of 400 that could be putting you at about 30 pages and that's a lot
0: good math i'm assuming uh there's a picture, which is rare for Kindles. Okay. Uh, a picture uh, is of the coat of arms of the Ghost Walkers, which is always stylized with a capital G and a capital W.
1: And it's all one word?
0: It's all one word.
1: Okay. There's no What space. is a Ghost Walker?
0: A Ghost Walker is whatever the hell we need it to be. And at book 16 cool. or whatever, there's a lot of them and they're all weird. A man. Is this
1: like a supernatural thing?
0: Well, no, it's heavily based in science because uh, <laughs> a man named Whitney wants to make super... His last name is Whitney. He wants to make super soldiers. And uh, he does this by just sort of randomly splicing in random animals' DNA. And then they uh, get the thing that the animals have. So
1: it's anamorphs for grown-ups.
0: Kind of, sort of, but bad grown-ups. Okay. Whereas anamorphs is anamorphs for good grown-ups. Oh, okay. Uh, for example, our character has very sharp eyesight because he has eagle DNA. Uh, another person is, like, a very solitary person because they have cat DNA.
1: They're not a cat shifter. They just have some amount of cat DNA. It's like... So, are they saying that, like, any other normal people that possess these traits have the DNA of that animal?
0: No. Then
1: why, would if they were going to go through the trouble of putting animal DNA into people, why wouldn't they make the traits more pronounced than normal traits that humans have?
0: Now... I'm not—we—there is not a one animal per person. Oh. Oh, For example, our main character has the eyes of an eagle. Oh, good. Uh, He has, like, some sort of invisibility DNA or something. For what
1: animal does he he get back? He
0: has penguin bones. For what? Uh, For swimming better.
1: Uh, What? Oh, my God. He he
0: has some sort of hyena or jackal DNA or something. For what? uh, Like— If he starts a fight, he's going to kill the thing or something. I can't remember. There's way too much in this. So there's this really weird sort of uh, eugenics, like, subtext where your DNA, like, creates everything about you and, like, down to your behavioral patterns. And it's just sort of ridiculous. Uh, But anyway, so the Ghost Walkers are a a group of nonsense creatures that have whatever powers we need them to have uh, at any given time. There is a, a character that gets pregnant that I'll, or that is pregnant that I'll maybe get to later. It's a very full book. I have, I think a record number of notes, one, two, three, four pages uh, of notes for this book. But anyway, there's a, there's a character, uh, who is a person, but has, uh, I think like just spider DNA ends yeah. so, up. She has a, uh, an hourglass in her hair, like a black widow because your DNA, uh, gives you designs in your hair. That's,
1: uh, yeah, that's absolutely how DNA works. She is job a offering. she is a
0: person with a human body. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That spins webs. Now you may be asking yourself. Out of what? Yeah. And I assume the butthole, as I, I bet everyone else does. But they're just It's around. not like
1: Spider-Man where they just inexplicably know. shoot out
0: of her wrists? Her book was a different one, I bet. <laughs> uh, but she is just here in this one, and she spins webs and uh, has extraordinarily deadly poison. <gasps> uh, there's a, a person who is pitched as being so small as to look like a child, but is also married to one of the other, like, adult ghost walkers. So
1: like is the size of a child but has the appearance of an adult or just straight up has the appearance of a child?
0: She is mistaken for a child several times by strangers. Oh. Gross. But oh, she has uh, not like that. she has apparently blue ring octopus DNA and so instead of falling to the floor with no bones at all, she gets poison. Like a octopus poison. Anyway, it makes so no sense. So she se-
1: can just like just ink?
0: No. Well, maybe. I don't know.
1: This doesn't make any sense. I didn't see a sex sense. scene with her, I hate so. It.
0: Oh is it buckle up
1: is it about to get wild
0: it's about to get wild. Uh the first picture the first thing, like I said, is a picture of the ghost walker, like crest. Uh, the coat no, of I arms.
1: Still hate the
0: <laughs> the coat of arms. Uh and then on the next page it is a summary of what the symbology is. Good. Uh, and so what it does is it adds up to shadow knights who protect against evil forces, use psychic powers, courage and honor. Oh yeah. Um quite a few of the everybody nearly everybody of the Ghost Walkers is mildly psychic. Some of them are is psychic. Is that
1: because of their animal DNA? I
0: don't know. Uh some of them are psychic healers and can oh. see through and, like, stitch bone together. And sometimes That'd it's...
1: be pretty badass, not gonna lie.
0: Well, yes. Most of the stuff would be badass. It's just stupid. Yeah. Like a big gun. Anyway, uh so a lot of them can see through and, like, our, our hero's leg is broken for a reason I'll get into. Okay. But they can see through to see what's happening in the bone and apparently have fucking a microscope or something because they can see, like, the miniature little cracks in the bone and mm-hmm. that's, like, that's not just an x-ray. That's, like microscopes
1: yeah
0: i keep getting off track because there's so much in this book where was i healers oh they're psychic healers and so they can knit the bone back together by almost touching it but then there are also <gasps> psychic surgeons which are like even better than psychic healers
1: but why do we have to have both i
0: don't know you okay. got me the 19th book it's not all all right. my fault. 16th book whatever it just keeps getting higher Anyway, uh, underneath the coat of arms is the phrase "nox noctis s nostrī," which is Latin for gibberish. I put it into Google Translate; it doesn't make any sense. I think what they're going for is "the night is ours." Uh, because, yeah, that would
1: make sense. But
0: uh, uh, it's it, that's not what it is. It's something. It's just gibberish. So I don't know if they were like "more ends." Uh, but it, like "the night is ours" is two words because it would conjugate. But Whatever. ah. Uh, but then, uh, following the coat of arms, the Latin motto, there is a creed that oh. I skipped over, and now I'm going to read it oh, for the very no. first
1: time. Oh, no, no, no. We
0: are the ghost walkers. We live in the shadows. The sea, the earth, and the air are our domain. Ooh, no. If you're going to have a creed, that's meant to be read out loud, and our our domain is terrible. Anyway. No fallen comrade will be left behind. We are loyalty and honor bound. It doesn't even, like, rhythm or rhyme. That wasn't in it. That was me saying that. Uh, we are invisible to our enemies, and we will we destroy them where we find them. We believe in justice, and we protect our country, and those unable to protect themselves. What goes unseen, unheard, and unknown are ghostwalkers. There is honor in the shadows, and it is us. We move in complete silence, whether in jungle or desert. We... <laughs> It's not hard to move in a desert in complete silence. Whatever. We walk among our enemy unseen and unheard, striking without sound and scatter to the winds before they have knowledge of our existence. That does not flow. No. We gather information and wait with endless patience for that perfect moment to deliver smooth justice. This is so bad. We just kept going. We are both merciful and merciless. We are relentless and implacable in our resolve. We are the ghost walkers and the night is ours.
1: Oh. Yeah, the night is ours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Okay. So they just translated it badly. So
1: is this book a like military army book or is this a sci-fi book or is this a sex book? Uh,
0: the least amount of those things would be sci-fi. It's, this is, it's the
1: least sci-fi, despite the animal DNA.
0: Yeah. So it's a it starts out definitely as a military book and then dips its toes into sex books, despite uh, one Amazon reviewer saying that there were not that many sex scenes. There were more than no sex scenes, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so it starts off the book by our hero, who I can't believe I have to say this. Malachi Fortunes is his name. Not just one Malachi Fortune, but two. Mm-hmm. Malachi Shouldn't it be Fortunes. Malachi's Fortune? Yeah, Malachi's Fortune. Um, so almost, because he has two brothers. Ezekiel. Fortunes. Fortunes. And... What's Mordecai, was Mordecai. it Mordecai? Yeah, yeah. Mal- Malachi and Mordecai.
1: How? out of the loop do you think poor ezekiel feels like you gave my two brothers basically the same name how
0: come i got to be zeke would you believe it that uh he probably didn't have that conversation with his mother because his mother sold him into sex slavery it was dropped very quickly and so they grew up on the streets of chicago defending their territory it's like what's that mean defending their territory Mm -hmm. you're living as pickpockets and as street children hard lives you don't have you don't have gang territory. Yeah. What are you talking about? And so this the, the author just doesn't really stop to think about what do I mean by this? Anyway, so we we in media res into intense combat zone that has no real life meaning. Um, we get to page four before someone closes a dead man's eyes. That dead man had fallen asleep and died in a sleep. Why are his eyes back open? Yeah,
1: wouldn't his eyes have been closed? Yeah.
0: Um, So they're in the mountains of Afghanistan against the enemy. Who's the enemy? Assumedly the Taliban or whatever, because it never specifically mentions a group or, or people that they're facing. Cool, cool, cool. The situation has... Oh, so there are four people that they need to go save. There are two, Reuben and Malachi are... Air Force para rescue, and so they're coming in on a, a, a helicopter to go rescue four soldiers. It's I, I don't know if they name any sort of uh, maybe army or something, but I don't know four soldiers, and they refer to these soldiers by their first names, and I just want you like to think about jumping into a war zone and being like Kevin, are you okay? <laughs> and that's legitimately what it is, except it's even worse than Kevin because there are four soldiers that they're they're uh, saving. One of them, I believe, dies quite quickly, and so the remaining three are Barry, Jerry, and Jack.
1: Oh, no. So we have
0: Jack and Jerry.
1: Also, I feel like a a military combat situation is one of the most useful places for a single-syllable nickname. Like, don't a lot of folks in the military wind up having... Nicknames, no, especially if they're... Or, or they go by their last names or an yes. abbreviated version of their last name. Yeah, so
0: like Ramirez.
1: Yeah. Right? You, like,
0: you're overwhelmingly referred to by your last yes. name. Especially if you're just meeting a person. Guess what? You have a name tag on your uniform. That says so you, your last name. It does not say Barry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Uh, just to show you how out of the actual realistic loop this, this thing is. And I, I'm not like, I want to be there, man. I
1: want to feel like
0: I'm there. But like, it takes you out of it mm-hmm. when they're calling them Barry, Jerry, and Jack.
1: Which was Barry, Jerry, and Larry. And they're
0: in Afghanistan fighting, I assume, the Taliban. And so the situation is that these four guys have been on this hilltop for a while and they're defending and they're hiding behind rocks and Air Force Pararescue is going to come para-rescue them to a helicopter the reason that the enemy uh, assumedly the taliban of some sort has not come and got them is that they are surrounded on four sides by a bunk by four different bunkers which means that they retreated into exactly the wrong area i guess (laughs) if there's four bunkers facing them or did they sit down and were like oh shit four bunkers why are they surrounded by four bunkers yeah but anyway the reason that the taliban don't just like pin them down and then You know, under fire, move up and kill them. Is that the Taliban are trying to use them as bait so that they keep bringing in more helicopters to shoot down? And it's like, yes, the Taliban, known for their extended conflicts and uh, massive amounts of equipment and ammunition, the Taliban really trying to draw out conflict with America on a on a moment-to-moment basis. Oh no! And so the solution to this is to bring in helicopters full of expensive special forces DNA-enhanced confidential classified ghost walkers to go kill everybody in the bunkers and airlift them out instead of, I don't know, a fucking plane. (laughs) It's goddamn America against the Taliban. We lost in a lot of ways in Afghanistan. I'm sorry to say, But that wasn't one of the ways we lost. It was not because we got pinned down and they kept waiting for more helicopters to come. At one point, Malachi Fortunes uh, is going to sneak around and he's crawling. uh, And so in order to avoid disturbing the snow and the rocks, he is crawling in that yoga pose where you hold your hands and the rest of your body is a plank. And he just like crawls like that.
1: Okay. First of all, ow. Second of all, I don't think you can reliably move that way. Yeah,
0: but he's like an elite soldier, though.
1: And you're gonna leave handprints. Oh,
0: but he's got, like, special things.
1: Anyway. If he's got special things, why couldn't you just erase his footprints and I walk like know. a human?
0: Oh, also their comms are jammed, as the Taliban is wants to do.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Uh, stupid, stupid, stupid. So then, after Malachi Fortunes, uh, at least the author knew that Afghanistan is, of course... Mountains and not as most people suspect desert. desert. So at least she's got that going for her. Maybe a cursory Google image search, I suppose. Yeah, but the bare minimum. Uh, Malachi and Reuben go to opposite ends and start killing folks. And I was kind of confused because I, due to the beginning of this uh, book, I thought it was going to be like military murder porn. Like, yeah, yeah, the, the shots slammed into his spine, and we have to read all. It. But it's it's like dealt with almost as an afterthought, like, oh, he stabbed him in the back of the head, he was dead. And so it's like, if you have such a boner for this stuff, yeah. like, really make it last. Come on, edge yourself.
1: So if if that's not played up, then what is sort of the purpose of this book?
0: Oh, just everything. I have oh. not gotten to all the different ways that she doesn't understand, the author doesn't understand uh, uh, military conflict. Because at one point, the uh, Malachi, while breaking up a bunker, finds what the author calls a mortar gun. Okay. A mortar is a like a small uh, artillery uh, for I know that's not the official word, but like it's a tube and you yeah. drop a round into it and it bounces off the bottom and shoots in a wide arc and it lands on the other people. Right? Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No one ever has called this a mortar gun.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's t- it's pitched as like Malachi himself moves the mortar around. Drops round after, like, fires, it says, instead of drops. Fires round after round into the other bunker. And if you think about how a mortar works, which is a tube pointing very high into the air, so the parabola needs to be, like, very specific. It's very hard work. It's a four-man, I believe, three- or four-man crew in the real army. And he just, like, figures out the math of it, sets the, di- sets the like, angle of it correctly, sets the charge correctly, and is firing round after round from yeah, this. Yeah,
1: that's because he's special, though. He has the eagle DNA.
0: This mortar gun. I just wanted to make sure that, like, the official name of it wasn't a mortar gun instead of, like, a trench mortar or a mortar yeah. or, like, a, a, you know, a portable whatever. No, a mortar gun returns, uh, it's like a glue gun, but for putting bricks together. <laughs> uh so a mortar maybe, gun
1: maybe maybe that's what he had and he was just shooting <laughs> he was just shooting glue with them
0: uh so then he finishes off by crawling over and throwing grenade after grenade after grenade after grenade and only when they start to explode it's like those things have a four second timer i yeah. don't think you threw a bunch of it. he gets like shot twice so it crawls over there he's on a fine he throws like it's it's pitched as like 20 it's like, bud, just throw one and wait. Yeah, like, and so then he explodes, Bucker, and then he's on his way back to the people, and a machine gun that like reinforcements brought lights into him and shoots his leg, all the shreds, and. To the the point, uh, the machine gun bullets don't just, like, hit him in the legs and they hurt real bad. Like, they hit the bone and they break it, which is what a machine gun bullet would do if it hit you in the leg. And so through pure adrenaline and these, like, medicated patches that he slaps on to the field dressings that he's slapping on because he's going to bleed to death, he gets the adrenaline to, to walk the rest of the way, to run the rest of the way. Does
1: field dressing often give you adrenaline?
0: Wow, that's special field dressing. Oh, okay. we'll of get course, to it.
1: it has eagle DNA in it.
0: <laughs> yes, it has adrenal adrenal DNA. Anyway, uh, do you know I have to call it a broken leg? Because it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> if you have a broken, a, like a shattered leg, yeah. it's not about, oh, this hurts really bad. I can't walk on it. No, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. It falls apart. In order for your muscles to work, it has to connect to your bone and leverage another bone off of yeah. it. If it's broken in several places, especially just, if
1: like, yeah, it's if it's femur. your femur, it
0: is. And so he's like, oh, I'm so tough. I'm running on it. I'm just blocking out the pain. It's like, it's not about pain. It's a mechanic. It's mechanically broken. Yeah. This is not about like a hairline fracture. This is not about shin splints. This is about your bone is in multiple pieces. It doesn't work anymore. It was infuriating. Oh, I haven't even gotten to the second scene yet. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Uh, So, uh, let's see. Oh, I got... Just Buku Buku Highlights. Uh, Here we go about the mortar gun. Sorry. The mortar gun was lightweight, sitting on a tripod, the weapon resting on the metal plate. Good Google image searching. He swung the entire apparatus around so that it faced Bunker 1 rather than the boulders his wounded were camped behind. Let's hope that Bunker number 1 is exactly the same distance away. Also, if the whoever had a mortar, they just would have landed two shells on the thing where they're camped out and it would have been over. Ugh. He turned the explosive power of the mortar gun on the enemy while he fired round after round into Bunker 1. Ruben fired. Whatever. Anyway, he gets out by slapping field dressings on. Reuben is a psychic surgeon, the secretest kind of ghost walker there is. So he
1: can just sort of immediately fix the shattered femur?
0: No, he kind of sort of puts it together, but it takes a lot of time and effort, and he's very tired. Uh, So he he survives, which is uh, uh, good. This is why authors should not use adverbs. Although Reuben and the others kept the enemy pinned down, the machine gun was firing continuously so that the bullets hit the ground mercilessly. It's two adverbs in mm, one sentence.
1: Yeah, that's too many.
0: Also, at one point, uh, it said that the uh, machine gun was firing murderously, which is like that's the only way for a machine gun to fire. It's
1: The only way for a gun to fire.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I th- he has gold eyes, and of I course. think it's, I think it's they wor- have
1: a lavender flex. Uh,
0: no, but they do shine in the dark. Uh, I think it is worth mentioning that Malachi, Mordecai, and Ezekiel are not especially streets of Chicago names. Yeah. So that's worth it. Uh, this is one of those fun, like, sort of badass books that, uh, he's such a badass. So, yeah, he'd been shot a few times. He'd seen more than his share of hand-to-hand combat. He'd taken on the drug cartels a few times. What else was he supposed to do? He wasn't the kind of man-woman looked at and wanted for themselves. He didn't know if a woman could live without him. He could barely live with himself. But it turns out
1: he's... Oh, is he because he's so fucked up? He's so
0: fucked up. Actually, he's like really conscientious and wants to help people and like does the dishes.
1: That's (laughs) nice. So it's like, why did
0: you say that first part then? You're fine. And he's really hot, get it? Uh, So his name is Mordecai and he meets a blonde uh, reading a romance novel and he has to go on vacation because they're like, you need to rest that leg, go for runs on the beach and swim. That's and,
1: not resting your leg, yeah, but okay.
0: Uh, but he's he's still so strong.
1: Oh, he's got to tough his way through the broken femur.
0: Yeah, um, so he the, the woman is reading a uh, romance novel and he makes a joke from across the room and her name is, of course, Amaryllis.
1: Amaryllis and Malachi. Yep.
0: Uh, sh- he makes a joke about reading it uh, the sun hit her just right, turning her blonde hair into a waterfall of ice and gold sparkle. The strands actually dazzled his eyes for a moment so that he lost sight of her. Her image blurred. He could only see that amazing, overpowering shine. Something is wrong with her hair. So he says something. Uh, oh, see, you're reading my favorite book. Oh. And she says back to him, you do not read romance books a crazy thing to say to a person her chin went up there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to read about men who believe in monogamy i doubt you'd know anything about that and it's like folks before you write a book listen to listen to a person talk, talk yeah. at or, least yeah. once in your have, life
1: have a conversation have
0: a conversation with some she's just yelling at him i
1: also love these romances that supposedly start with someone approaching a total stranger and saying something to them and they respond back like that that's you're right that's never how anyone has talked but also if someone came up to me in a coffee shop and was like i see you're reading my favorite book you know what i would say cool and then i would go back to drinking my (laughs) coffee and reading
0: my book you're forgetting that they're hot for each other already
1: Oh yes, because there's just an instant electric heat between them.
0: Yeah. So uh, this is the second scene. This is gonna take a while. You got me. One hell of a book. Uh, Remember last week how I said that the book achieved, or not last week, but last episode, the book achieved the specific through, or the yeah, it achieved the universal through the Through the specific. That it was really specific about what these people looked like mm-hmm. and acted like and sounded like and why they liked each other, why they didn't like each other. And so you could really say, like, even if this wasn't the person I'm in love with, I've seen a person yeah. like this. I, I I have an image in my mind of a person and I get it. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone gets it. This is the opposite. Malachi glanced at her, Amaryllis, and his breath caught in his lungs. It was the first time he'd allowed himself to really see her body. She wore a pair of yoga pants that fit her like a glove.
1: That's the point of yoga pants.
0: Also, a glove goes on your hand and yoga pants by definition go on your whatever. Like you can't compare two clothing's, a clothing no. to a glove.
1: Okay, but I feel like...
0: No, like like a glove is like if you fit into a park a small parking spot. Okay. Like like a glove, you can't compare okay. shoes fitting like a glove cuz they're not whatever. Anyway, she wore a pair of yoga pants that fit her like a glove. That the little racer back tank clung to every curve and she had them she had them curves. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Apparently, every curve she then had curves. Them. What, a, like, so I have no idea what she looks like now. Yeah. Because you've tried to be so Although general. She does
1: have what it was. It basically searchlight hair.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Anytime somebody moves, her hair turns on. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Everyone is chatting about stuff that was only revealed in the narration. This continues to her- happen throughout the book. Uh, luckily, though, the ghost walkers have mild psychic powers so that mm. we don't need to establish how they're talking to each other. They Good. just are. Good. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. I need to find another quote because it's the best way for you to understand how terrible this book is. She's uh, Malachi is talking to the owner of the... Oh no, she's talking to Amar he's talking to Amaryllis about uh somebody. Oh, the owner of the, the bar or the B and B. She's pretty terrific, Malachi observed. She's going to be another Nani. He just says that to a person that has no idea who Nani is. Yeah. He says I don't know she's going to be a girl is. to be another Nani. Growing up, I wasn't around too many women. My brother Ezekiel raised us. He was a kid himself, but I didn't view him that way. Uh, he was tough as nails. And when someone tried to take our food or our territory where we slept, he beat the holy shit out of them. When Mordecai and I didn't follow every dictate, which was almost never, he beat the holy shit out of us. And then flirtatiously, Amarillo says, why does it not surprise me that you didn't obey every dictate?
1: That's the response you have to that story to this guy, like basically talking about growing up in an environment of physical violence. Yeah,
0: of of terror and physical violence, and like I like this. Ugh. Ugh. So it was it like nobody listens to each other and they just say whatever the point is that uh whatever we needed to get to next he helps her uh the dishwasher is broken so he goes in to help the owner of the baron b&b marie and i could not help but just imagine her as marie from stardew valley so there's a bunch of generalized tits uh for amaryllis and then Mm -hmm. You know, uh, blah, 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 for Malachi and then a little 16 bit figure of uh, Mary or Marie <laughs> in the in, in that spot. But anyway, um, he helps Marie fish, fix the dishwasher, but it needs a part. So he promises to continue washing the dishes because he's not good at vacations. Then after washing the dishes with Amaryllis, they go somewhere else and immediately start holding hands on a beach on their way to a cafe
1: because of the electric heat between them, but
0: yeah, and it's just like accepted. Even though there was a moment where I thought that it was going to be like that, she was not going to uh, just sort of uh, give in. That she was like, "No, you're a strange," and then she just gave him. Uh, and during the the meeting at the cafe, where it's like, "I'm new in town. I'm trying to meet people, and you seem hot." He brushes her his fingers over her mouth.
1: Ugh. yeah. Not Ugh. like,
0: not like shush, shush, shush. Like touches around the mouth. Like, brushes them.
1: I don't, no, stop doing
0: that to me. I don't like that. It's for the podcast. (laughs) Uh, He then, after lunch, asks, what's wrong, honey?
1: Why is he calling her honey? They've known each other for eight minutes.
0: He also, oh, this is how useless this, this is why this book is 400 pages. The cafe was efficiently run. The space was small, so rather than have tables and chairs everywhere, the cafe utilized the area by giving their employees the ability to move around and be fast. The majority of the seating was outside under a very large covered patio. Customers ordered, took a number, and went outside to sit at one of the tables.
1: Why did it take a whole paragraph to explain how coffee shops work? You didn't even need
0: to. They're yeah. at a cafe. They're sitting. It's fine. Chill. That's why it's 400 pages. Freaking long. Um, oh, I need to give you a quote. I'm ruining it because I told you that we were pretty, um, whatever. So I need to give you a quote. And then you're going to guess how far into it this book, uh, how far into this book this quote is. Uh, I'm not even, oh, at one point. <laughs> she's talking to him and says you look tough your body could be a bodybuilders although you have definition you don't have the large book St- still you're in very good shape there's a look about you that says not to mess with you
1: okay this is the same thing as with my book where they say something and then immediately like you're like a bodybuilder but you're not like a bodybuilder She's a big butt but it's not that big and it
0: is part of it but i just like that she's extemporaneous like she's being uh Oh, not extemporaneous. What's it called when you explain something?
1: She's ex- yeah, exposit- she's expository. Yeah, exposit. It's exposition. Exposition. She's
0: giving exposition to him as if she's flirting. So it's like, thank you for explaining to me how I look. Uh. Okay, so here's the quote that I had to skip. How many quotes I had to skip before I got here. He kept looking at the... So, I'm going to read you this, and I want you okay. to guess how far into the book. And remember how many quotes I skipped.
1: Okay.
0: He kept looking at the stars, knowing he shouldn't give her any more, but he couldn't stop himself. For him, this was real. This woman. His chance. The more he was in her company, the more he was certain she's the one.
1: Okay. Okay. This sounds like they're pretty far into the relationship, but we're not quite to the, like second act twist so i'm gonna guess 62 percent
0: 22 this was 22 percent of the way into the Uh, book they are in love and engaged before 50 percent
1: he just met her
0: and this is crazy but they, they get engaged
1: i hate it okay 22
0: yeah 22 like a taylor swift uh yuck it gets to twenty three percent. We've only been hearing about Malachi, and then all of a sudden, it's like she didn't know what she was doing. She was an assassin. Amorellus is an assassin. She's what? also a ghost walker. She didn't know that he was a ghost walker or something. Uh, it just switches at twenty three percent without like it's not a chapter break. It's Either. not even a like a, a like a segment Section
1: break. Yeah, it is a
0: just a, the next paragraph is talking from her later on. in in the climax that I'll talk about, it does this all the time. It just starts narrating from another character's perspective. It's so
1: confusing. It is,
0: especially after 23%. It's like she was an assassin. I'm like, he knew that she was a... No, she's just narrating it. Weird. Okay. So now I think I really need to uh, go along. I have a a, stop touching her mouth. He gets a uh, fever uh she just keeps going so now we uh he his leg is falling back apart again it's not just that it was injured it like keeps disintegrating so they need to figure out why his leg keeps getting like keeps going back to getting worse she has healing powers don't you know it uh, of course and so he's at this B and he just is super uh, blah, blah blah uh so his leg keeps falling apart and he keeps getting super sick uh, and so she keeps healing him, but they need to figure out why his leg keeps breaking apart. Okay? Um. She, uh, there's like hints of something that's about to happen. I can't remember when it happens, but uh, two couple or a couple of the B&B gets murdered. It's okay. made to look like a murder suicide. Uh, there's a conference in town, a lot of strange people. The, the whole plot is important. All right. i forgot about this one it wasn't the one i meant to drop but amaryllis had excellent night vision thanks to the large cat dna she also had the dna of large birds of prey which further enhanced her sight
1: okay i feel like in all of our shifter books whatever animal they are they get like personality traits and proclivities for that animal so what if you're both a cat and a bird I don't know. Like, isn't that kind of contradictory in some ways, I guess? Don't cats eat birds?
0: Yeah. Uh, This has ruined my point because I already told you, but... Guess the percent she brushed kisses over his eyes and then down his nose to his mouth. This is you Malachi I don't know what that means the most important person in my world This is you more than any other I need to do this because you're injured if pain is a byproduct of what I do Then I gladly accept it in order to heal someone the psychic healer takes on some amount of pain from the person Never for one moment thinking it has anything to do with you so you're my person, the most important person in my world. It has
1: nothing to do with you. Yeah,
0: whatever. But the most important person in my world is a quote found on what percentage? 45. 34. Ugh! So uh, about 11- 12% after that last one. Now she's the most important person, you know. um, There's an X for one of the... Uh, other guests who we never really get a chance to super meet even in 400 pages because so much other stuff happens. This is what I'm talking about. The 7% for each story. Beat. Yeah. A, a, an X of one of the other guests at the BNB in, is like, Hey, you, I knew I'd find you. And he's just like the, the most broad strokes, like terrible X ever. Uh, someone, he bursts in, says two lines of dialogue. Someone says lines of dialogue back. And by the time, those four lines of dialogue have been had. Someone else puts down their phone like, I just called the cops. Are you already?
1: Normally, if you call 911, they ask you to stay on the phone also, for a while.
0: Also that too, but it's like so mistimed, right? Yeah. Two, four lines of dialogue and a call has finished Uh, f- less than a page of like dialogue and fighting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the cops arrive. There's no way they come that There's quick. no way they, well, yeah. But like in d d a round of combat is 10 seconds. Yeah. Right? Because, like, it feels so long when you're planning out winning and doing the fighting or whatever, but then, like, it actually doesn't take that much time because yeah. you're stabbing each other. There's, like, a fist fight, yeah. and the cops are there. And it's it's pitched as, like, a very quick fist fight because Malachi managed to meet him up. Because he's so tough. He's so tough. Get behind me. Uh, and so it's just mistimed. There is no rhyme or reason to any of this. Uh He's falling deeper and deeper in love to this person he was already in love with. Look how many quotes I have to skip to get to the uh, the ones I'm getting to. Uh, okay, so he's he's pledging his love to her, and of course he says, "My little warrior woman." Ugh. <laughs> oh, he he calls her my woman or the woman or I his hate, his woman a lot. I
1: hate his woman.
0: Uh, this is after they do it. It's not good. Uh, well, it's good for them, but it's not good for me. Uh, I'll get there in a little bit because it gets worse. Uh, my little warrior woman, you really can do it all. Cook, give me children, and fight. You're damned amazing.
1: I hate it.
0: The three marks of a great woman cooking, children,
1: fighting. and fighting. Man, uh, like I don't know why you're mad or why you're um, married to me because I, I don't cook, I don't fight. What What, what is even the point? <laughs>
0: Uh, so then they have sex, uh, at least twice and then she, oh, he, he goes down on her to, be, I think she's supposed to be a virgin naturally. Cause I mean, of she'd course, be pretty he, much worthless if, yeah, yeah, if she if anybody she else had had sex. Gross. Um, Marla, you'll be, you'll need to be able to, I have to skip so many quotes at a time. Okay. So this is while like post coitus, they've been cuddling and she, for some reason lays, her head on his chiseled abs and like uh so she's like basically just looking at his wiener and Mm -hmm. breathing on it and so he starts to get going uh and so (laughs) i'll get to the second part later and she's trying to she's trying to talk about do you love me even though i'm dangerous or something like that and it's like, babe, do you know what book you're in? Anyway, he says, uh, why would I mind? You'll need to be able to fight. Sooner or later, enemies will come. I like knowing I can have confidence in my partner that she'll be right there with me when we defend our home, our children, and our extended family.
1: From the 30 to 50 feral hogs that are running yeah, loose in your like, yard.
0: Jesus, this is such a, like a, you know, fascistic terror yeah. that is is gripping this book, which makes sense. Although they do put... Uh, the enemies of this book are pretty clearly written as fascists, so I don't know how to, to say. But it's it's definitely like a mole in labe. My, my wife is going to have just as many guns tucked into her jeans yeah. as I do. Uh, but since she's on his stomach and he's getting uh, excited about it at one point, this is written. His cock push against the underside of her chin. Since she's laying on his stomach he gets hard and it pokes her in the
1: bottom of the chin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is
1: that supposed to be, like, sex thing?
0: I don't it's know. It's not. Uh, but then more ghost walkers show up because he keeps getting sicker and sicker. And there's some sort of conspiracy. Someone overhears the bad guys talking in a back room about we need to kill the maximum amount of people. It's like, wow, thank God they talk so very clearly yeah. about their plans or else we would have missed it. Uh, so more people showing up, including Trap, who's written as pretty autistic and actually does an okay job of it uh trap is like the genius of course for the autistic person he has to be a savant because yeah, what is literature uh, autistic people except for geniuses yeah. but it does a pretty good job of him ignoring social more mm-hmm. like not understanding i should say not understanding social more is super good it's not terrible he has a wife we'll get to that in a second but Trap was very high-functioning Asperger's. His father had murdered his mother and siblings, and then his uncles had taken his remaining aunt, the one who raised him, and raped and murdered her. Oh. Trap had retreated even further into his mind, and really, who could blame him? He joined the military. It's like, why does every single person... Have to have the worst backstory yeah, the possible. The
1: most tragic backstory. Trap's
0: wife was a captive of the bad guy and experimented upon untold amounts of times. And then went just as about she, she was about to be killed for being too dangerous. She's the spider one.
1: Okay. Just
0: about as she was about to be killed for being too dangerous, they sprung her out. And now she only loves Trap. And he gets to, like, command her around. And she likes it. It's gross. Did uh, any of
1: them, like... They did okay in high school. They had some friends, but they didn't really feel like they fit in in their town, so they were just looking for something. at Like, Or wait, like, did any of them have, like, a
0: normal yeah. backstory? Why can't it be like, John's dad was in the military and said it really taught him discipline and camaraderie. Yeah. So John joined. It went pretty good. Yeah. He later got out and opened up a tire repair shop. Yeah. Like, nobody can be that in these books.
1: Jack wasn't super sure what he wanted to do after high school. He talked to his school counselor, and she thought the military might be a good fit. He thought he'd give it a try so he could get them free college credit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know,
0: whatever. Uh, you know, Sam was told that he could go to a bunch of different places around the world and get laid due to his uniform. He bought it. He he spent the next six years in Nevada piloting drones. Like, <laughs> why is nobody honest about what happens? <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so Trap has his <laughs> wife, whose name is Cayenne.
1: Cayenne, Trap and Cayenne. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, so she's pregnant. She's pregnant with a
1: spider baby. With yeah,
0: presumably. And so she lays her eggs and then uh, leaves. Yeah. And later they uh, surprise by splurting onto your foot underneath your desk. <laughs> Happened to me once. It was disgusting. Ugh. So twice, maybe even three times, a lady in this book. Someone asked like Trap. How pregnant is she? Yeah. Like, you need to tell us because she's coming on this mission with us. That's not a good idea. No. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then she just walks into a room where uh, Malachi is getting like his fourth psychic surgery to keep putting his leg back together. And she's like, my water broke. I'm in labor. But since she has silken armor, the baby is not, they've not been showing. And so, uh, her, her baby has been displacing the organs apparently in her body.
1: Well, they, they do that.
0: Well, yeah, but like more so okay. and it works out. So it's like, what's even the thing? So she yeah. just walks in like, I'm having a baby. And then the next literally, uh, 10% of the book is delivering the baby. There's a, there's twins. Oh, the baby boy, very healthy and sizable. The baby girl, very small. Twins, often extraordinarily different.
1: Yep, for sure. Also, twins in general, you know, at least one of them is definitely going to be huge. They're not both going to be tiny basically every time.
0: Yeah, and so uh, it's a panic because she doesn't like doctors due to the aforementioned tragic backstory, and so they have to really talk her through delivering these twins in a, a hotel bedroom while the man with a quadruply broken leg is providing backstop for her. So she can sit while, while giving delivery. Okay. And it's like, you're not in, if you're not going to be in stirrups, then you know what you should do is get on your hands and knees or squat or squat. Like yeah. if you're not going to be in hospital, why whatever. So she has the babies and they're fine. And apparently this is not really drawn upon. So maybe it's a thing, uh, in the other books, but the babies are instantly, uh, aware and like sentient and mildly telepathic, and so they're like the baby girl is mad because the dad hasn't held her enough and hasn't given her a name yet. Okay. And Malachi knows this, and so I, I was getting like some Twilight flashbacks that I thought he's gonna fall in love with the baby oh, or something. Oh yeah, but... an
1: imprint on the baby.
0: Yeah. Um. Every single time that Malachi is is questioned by a person about his leg, uh, which is unfortunately probably a real thing that happens to people with like you know injuries from yeah. combat or whatever. And so it's mentioned in here, it gives token service to like, our boys in combat, respect the troops, and thank you for your service, and it's badly done. But every time it's given lip service that like, Malachi should have just brushed him off because fuck you, I don't have to tell you why my leg looks... But he always tells. Yeah. Sure. And most of the time he's telling it because he's trying to cook up some convoluted reason that he's going to trap them because he's almost always asked by the bad guys. Uh, and instead of saying, like, Malachi told them all the juicy details yeah. up until this this uh, secret part, he tells them the entire story again. That we, as
1: the reader, already know.
0: Three times uh. Malachi summarizes the story, and it takes multiple pages for him to get back no to the start No wonder of it.
1: this thing is 400 pages long. Ugh.
0: Uh, one of the bad guys the super soldiers cloned by the real bad guy shows up and he wants amaryllis because uh, he's been uh, pheromonally imprinted on fer- on amaryllis or whatever wants to go kidnap her for for Whitney uh, but there's three of them they cloned him uh, and so then there's has to be a fight in the bread and breakfast even after some other stuff has happened I don't even I, we haven't even gotten to the main supposedly like intrigue of the, oh my the plot God. yet. Uh, so this guy, Owen, shows up, and there's three of them, and uh, Amaryllis is fighting one, and then Malachi, on his broken leg, broken again, uh, is in a fist fight with one, and he keeps stabbing him in the armpits, which I thought was kind of a funny way to kill a guy. Um, and then lastly, there's this guy who was just sort of there, but was one of the bad guys who we'll get to, but didn't know he was a bad guy. He thought he was a good guy. And so he takes out his gun and he says, stop right there to Owen. And Owen, he gets shot in the chest, but he's armor, you know, under his skin. Uh, And so he, Owen takes the gun and shoots him back. And then Malachi grabs him in a headlock and Amarillo tries to shoot him, but some sort of uh, conditioning has prevented her from pulling the trigger. But luckily Reuben is there and so he grabs the gun. And then, I want you to imagine in your mind a big man with another big man in a headlock. Okay. Then a third big man points a gun underneath his chin and fires it up into his brain and the bullet explodes at the back of his skull.
1: And hits the guy that's got him in headlock. And hits
0: the guy that's
1: got him in the headlock. Uh That's the only physical way to... Yeah, absolutely.
0: Nope. He's fine. It's not mentioned at all. The author just forgot, apparently, that Malachi was back there because he shoots him twice, and it's never even mentioned as, like, Malachi dodged it, or Malachi's yeah. armor handled it. It's just as, like, no, he shoots him twice. Mal- like, the end. Doesn't even mention Malachi as a thing. The weirdest part is that the main... Uh, quote. I haven't even gotten to, like, 80% of my quotes, and I'm not going to because this has already gone over long, but the main intrigue of this is that there's a peace conference that's being put on by the citizens of multiple countries in San Diego. And they did, they intentionally didn't invite politicians. They want answers from the people. And it's like, that's kind of lame and wouldn't really happen, but I get what you're going for here. Uh, and so the intrigue is that they're going to blow up. Oh, we didn't get to the sex scenes yet and we will, I'm going to do that last. um, uh, and so the plot is that a rogue army unit is going to go blow up this uh, peace, conference. peace conference because, like, we get the internal narration of several soldiers as they're walking away from trying to bomb this thing. And they're pretty fascist. they like, these weaklings never fought for a thing. And I'll teach them to fight for it. And it's pretty, like, Mussolini, mm-hmm. you know, blood and soil kind of stuff. So at least that politics is, is legit. Right. Okay. Here's the thing, though. The army doing a false flag operation in order to kill a bunch of people to then drum up support for the military is pitched in a pro-military, salute-the-troops kind of book. Yeah. And it's like, didn't you just admit what is wrong with the military, like, industrial complex? How can you have both a, you know, the troops and also evil troops? Yeah. How are those two things? And so...
1: More of the author can, like immediately conflicting yeah but this is also like
0: mind. the number one people that have the uh the police you know thin blue, thin line, blue line are yeah. also like the most likely to be like yeah the government's trying to take over like yeah the police are the government yeah. I get. Like... anyway so this is the team leader talking about the the motivation behind it the military goes in cleans up the bombing declares it a terrorist attack we need more money hell if i know what they're looking for he said we all know the military could use more money but that's not the way that's not the way any of us want to upgrade. Why the does the
1: military need more money? They have too much of it already. They
0: we spend $770 billion on the military. Oh, we we need more helicopters to go fly into Afghanistan, I guess. I don't know. We need more ghost walkers. So I the politics don't make sense. So remember how. We had to hear the same exact uh, story four times. Yeah. The first time when it happened in three summarizations. Yep. There are going to be uh, seven people planting bombs on the support columns of this convention center. Okay. Uh, Malachi's leg is just, it keeps falling apart. There was something wrong in the field dressings he put on. That is apparently going to be finalized in another book. And so his leg will just keep disappearing he actually gets it cut off at the end of the book and there's actually a pretty good little run-in with like how am i still going to be useful if yeah. i don't have a leg and, you yeah know, it could have been good in a different book yeah but so he's in the van and he has to watch the cameras with a guy mm-hmm. who i guess he had the dna of a camera or something because he is really good at finding all six people they need to find okay and in this this crowded convention center of Thousands of people, he finds the seven, eight, whatever people he needs to find. So in the full spirit of this book, they find a person, identify who it is, describe what he's wearing to one of them, and one of the o- other ghost walkers, somehow, almost always the women, because, you know, poison, woman's weapon. Yeah. Whereas men punch and kick and exactly. shoot things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the women and go up, The Yeah, the women go up and poison these people, including the boo-ring octopus child person. Okay. Uh, like, they, they usually do it by biting or shooting a dart out of something. And so, for each of these six people, we get to read, we found him, here's what he looks like, here's where he is, you, go find him. Then we get a little snippet from his point of view about him walking away, whether fascistic or like, I just like blowing things up, or like, I felt kind of bad, but orders are orders. Right? And then we get like, ow, did an insect bite me? I'm going paralyzed. Oh no, I'm dead. Here's the next person. Here's For what he's wearing. All For seven. all seven people, oh, we get that no. amount of detail every single time. But they get everybody. The actual bad general guy is relatively uh, anticlimactic. Amaryllis kills him. At one point, it is pretty funny that the blue ring, or somebody poisons a guy and then goes, Hey, I'm a ghost walker. We're a highly classified thing. Like, So it's kind of funny. Because he's about to, he's die, about to die. So it's pretty funny. They gloated right in front of him. But whatever um at 97 so he wakes up in the hospital he passed out because he has to defuse the last bomb on a broken leg yeah uh and so he passes out wakes up and he's like uh oh like he's he's his heart is hammering he lost his leg and it's you can tell it's telegraphed a a million miles away it's going to happen because he's anxious about losing a limb and so he he gets his leg amputated and don't worry he gets a high class prosthetic because they still need him for missions and it's like wouldn't be nice if everybody who lost limbs got a high class prosthetic but anyway so he wakes up in the hospital. Return of the King style, and just like Return of the King, we get a bunch of false endings to this book. Good. False ending number one. Bombs defused, they saved. I understand why that's not the, fir- the yeah. like the actual ending. Waking up in the hospital, Amaryllis promises to stay despite him losing his leg. Who would I be if I left you just because you know I love you for yeah. you, here's my big titties, or whatever. Then... He goes back and it opens up a couple weeks later back in Louisiana with him training with the original guy he saved off of a mountain at the very beginning of the book who lost an arm and a leg. Like he's training with another amputee, yeah, trying to show like, hey, this okay. is about mental health. Like I you're, could see you're... that
1: being an ending, yeah.
0: And then nope, uh, then he's still swimming. The other guy goes home. They have sex in a pool. It is a full sex scene at like 90, oh, no. 97%. Oh, I forgot to mention while he passes out in the hospital, uh, his brother Ezekiel to Amarillas saying, you're going to come with, live with us, is summarizing the sisters of this family, what they're mixed with, what sort of powers they have, what they're Why like. do we need this at the end? At the end, at 97%, he's explaining this to a person. Assumedly, if we're reading this book, we already know yeah. these people. And he's still somewhere at 97%. He's telling her, here's all the people that weren't in this book, basically. Uh. And so, sorry, back to training with the original guy. Then the original guy leaves. She shows up in a bikini. He got her, but she only wears it for him because other men aren't going to look at my wife. Of course. And then they have sex in the pool, which, first of all, ouch, The water, number one, pool water especially, not for orifices. Yeah. Uh, they do it in the pool. I skipped it because I was done with it. Uh, and so it's like you would think like ah my seam is now floating in the pool <laughs> the end but no she gets out and then they go have uh a meaningless argument in a lab like on a skype chat with the evil guy and then they reference the wedding and then they go see their home under construction and who's, need who's wedding the amaryllis and Malachi oh they're and, getting married yeah, okay of course they got engaged at 45 percent. that's right okay so these these false endings just keep happening and like you were and there to I see. I feel me. like
1: they got progressively less
0: n- worse. Like like less the needed. the
1: middle one probably would have been the best. Training with like, the original guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That would have been a, that would have yeah. been a good ending. Got to get yeah. one
0: more gross sex scene in there. Well, speaking of which, you saw me reading this and you saw how I just like you. It kept your face going.
1: was when you were reading the sex scenes in particular. Your face looked very unhappy.
0: I'm just gonna hop into it. I'm not even gonna give you any warning once I finally find them. Oh i have to read this one because the the mixed metaphors are terrible she laughed just the way he knew she would i don't know what soft the notes scattering around him like a symphony playing in in the night okay no. a no. lot of those phrases you, were
1: unnecessary you know, how but good note, try. you know
0: how notes scatter around mm-hmm. you and
1: how symphonies are always played in the night yeah whatever
0: um Terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. Got to find where the sex starts happening. Boop, beep,
1: boop, boop, beep, boop.
0: This is how many uh, of these terrible quotes? Oh. Not even gonna not even gonna give you warning. So scorching hot as he pushed deep, she felt like a silken sheath tight beyond belief, wrapping him in a fiery fist. He Ugh. threw back his head and let pleasure take him. He just held there for long moments, Ugh. breathing deeply, absorbing the feeling. Then he began to move. This is gross. Pushing through tight, reluctant folds. Oh,
1: no. Forcing his
0: way until he was so deep, he didn't know where she began, and he left off.
1: Gross.
0: Uh, at one point, they do it doggy style, which is like, I mean, cool, whatever. And then just immediately, she uh, kind of like turns around and sits down on the bed in like a butterfly pose, like a palms of your feet together or whatever they called, soles of your feet together, and it's like enjoy the semen pile on your bed. (laughs)
1: Because that's.
0: Yeah, um, several times they just, uh, she removes clothing, but he's never said to, and they just have sex. And then <laughs> she gets off and puts clothing back on, and someone cl- comes in the room and he's clothed. Like, he's forgotten so about it So is he a never nude? <laughs> no, I just think she's a bad writer. Uh, her sheath clamps down so hard, he thought he sheath. might shatter. Ugh. But that exquisite friction was there, sliding over him. Pumping, massaging, kneading, pulling, and finally squeezing down on him, milking him so hot, scorching, searing him through his thick cock as it grew and pushed back. Oh
1: my god, I hate this Stretching her
0: channel as she tried to clamp down. He erupted, the hot seed coating the walls of her sheath, triggering more and more orgasms. He felt each one. He didn't do it with it. I hate it. He forgot to put a condom on that time.
1: I hate it. He calls, I hate he call, sheath and channel.
0: He calls them gloves.
1: Ugh, I'm so unhappy.
0: She moved up and down his shaft, massaging and milking, the friction almost unbearable. Ugh, I hate he wasn't colors. certain if it was pleasure he'd never known or passion that bordered and rode that fine edge of pain because that silken fist was so tight.
1: I hate it. I'm so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, I had to read it. You know how sometimes, even in a bad book, when a sex scene comes up, you're like, all right. Like, I don't like that this is happening, but, like, there's a certain amount of, like, just you're saying things, and then I read the... And this time, none of it. I was like, no! This is...
1: Actively unpleasant. This is
0: actively... This is unsexual to me. Oh, here's the swimsuit he he likes so much. Uh, The royal blue triangle over bottoms was... cut to curve right up her cheeks revealing how perfectly shaped she was riding the center i forgot about this quote riding the center and curving downwards and low on her hips she he loved looking at her from the back just to see that view (laughs) which is the unit like it's the universal doesn't mean anything
1: yeah i love that like she was perfectly shaped okay
0: yeah um (laughs) this is my last quote of the night because it's the best one and it's near the end anyway at 98% we're talking about the swimsuit. <sighs> then there was the delicious side view she gave him. He loved her generous breasts.
1: Oh. No.
0: This I have to read the full sentence, but then I really want to move where the period appears in the sentence. He loved her generous breasts. She had them and he could look at them all day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every man's dream.
0: Yeah. I Every just, man's
1: dream. I just love
0: the idea that at one point on a computer screen like I hope that she stops to like take a drink of coffee or something, so that at one point on the the word doc it said he loved her generous breasts. She had them.
1: <laughs> oh, what a terrible book! Yeah, what a terrible oh, book. that was it's, bad. It's bad.
0: Uh, so the next book is probably Reuben uh, the sandwich. Uh, he's German. He's a sauerkraut. No, not really. <laughs> but um, yeah, ghost walk, ghost walkers, uh, oh. ghost don't need them
1: that was bad one.
0: yeah it was a pretty bad one it was midnight Sinsian and its unnecessariness yeah it, the, the writing by default was better than midnight sins that's good but uh it was it was, it was trying i think to be a, a tom clancy's acid trip Otherworld yeah. which is like stuff and it didn't pull it off it makes me respect the queen the fake queen even more
1: yeah mm-hmm. well, i mean it's just, it just doesn't get any yeah. better i gotta There's go really get your bad.
0: book uh so you oh, okay, vamp okay. while i go get it
1: so, um, when Mick gets back, I will tell him that the book that I have gotten him for next week is approximately the opposite in each and every way from Lethal Game, Ghost Walker, book 16. Because the book that I have gotten for Mick is called Bewitched, and it is by Isla Fisher, the actress Isla Fisher, who is indistinguishable from Amy Adams. No, Isla Fisher's Australian. She's in, she's in Hot Rod. And... I found this book.
0: Hey, Denise, you look shitty.
1: Because I recently read a book uh, that was basically an anthology and a cultural critique of uh, teen lit from the 80s and 90s. And the book was great. uh, And it's called Paperback Crush. Very good. And gave me a lot of... Great memories of book series that I read when I was a child. The
0: Babysitter's Club.
1: Love me some Babysitter's Club. Some sort of club. horse book. Mm-hmm. There was like a horse
0: series I remember. Uh,
1: there was a lot of Sweet Valley High, which was a little bit before my time. I never got into Sweet Valley High. But The Babysitter's Club was my bread and butter. But one of the books that they talked about, they talked about a whole subgenre of books that weren't actually written by celebrities, but were published as though they had been written by I knew it. And one of them was Bewitched by Isla Fisher.
0: I love that TV show with Dick Sargent and New so York.
1: So, I'm going to read to you the blurb on the back cover. Valentina, a talented young dancer, is destined to be the next Fontaine. Manipulated by her mother's oh, ambition. The next
0: mo- Okay, I get it. She
1: has passively allowed Madame Galliano to dictate her every waking moment. Defying her mother for the first time, Valentina begins the search for her father in Russia and becomes hopelessly smitten with Alexei, a Kirov dancer. Before long, Valentina is utterly bewitched. So this is going to be light and fluffy. There's going to be a love story, but presumably no sex. And it has fewer than 200 pages. The pages are short. And Text is huge. Look at that. Yeah. Thank you. So, I
0: appreciate it.
1: There you go. That's next for I you, my friend. I will also be
0: reviewing Isla Fisher's work, especially in uh, Wedding Crashers.
1: Mm, nice. Okay. I've uh, never seen that. Maybe we can watch it together.
0: <laughs> she gets uh, There's a body double, but there are boobies. Oh, okay. Uh, I just lost the page I flipped open to randomly. But anyway, I got you for next, next week or next episode War Heaven uh by mac maloney who's also the author of wingman on the front cover he was a top gun jock on a do or die mission against an invisible enemy hidden in the very heart of america's frontline defense i'm picking up area nine vibes or whatever that was area
1: 51 no 49 like, you
0: got me that one about the guy the scarecrow where, oh, yeah, where he blows yeah. up okay. a okay. helicopter okay on the back In 1947, the U.S. Army announced the recovery of a flying saucer near Roswell, New Mexico. No, they didn't. Then denied it. Okay, maybe. The world was left to wonder, and then the world forgot. No, it didn't. Here's the plot. Someone was killing America's top gun fighter pilots. The war games fought between, quote, friendly and quote aggressor forces high above an ultra secret electronic battlefield in the American Southwest were meant to simulate combat, yet American pilots were suddenly being lost at an alarming rate to real missiles and bullets. The Cold War was supposedly over, or was it? US Air Force Colonel I forgot. This is the guy's name. This book came from my childhood bookcase, and I can't believe I was so close to such a double entendre for so long. United States Air Force Colonel Ryder Long. Oh, no. <laughs> "...was a fearless, right stuff pilot who believed that rules were made to be broken." Maverick! "...his assignment from the highest officials in the United States Intelligence Services meant breaking every rule in the book. Take to the skies in his F-15X Strike Eagle jet on a do-or-die mission against the mysterious Aggressors, who held the key to the deadly war games and the long-forgotten Roswell incident." for or long and or hard. It could only end with the survival of a threatened America or death in the bloody skies over the high-tech battlefield called War Heaven. So that's, that's what you get next time. Uh, I did see that someone flipped on the night vision scope on his authentic M16 rifle.
1: Cool. So it's going to be that kind of book. Great. I am so excited to get started. Well... I've been Susan Dickinson. You I, can find me on the Twitter at Susan J. S with three S-A-N-J.
0: I hope you guys now know why this had to be a week late. We've got uh, basically an episode and a half, which balances out the math uh, perfectly. I have been and will continue to be uh, Mick Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Digima uh, and apparently on the streets after Susan divorces me after this book. She's not looking happy about it. Anyhoo, uh the band from the 177 night four
1: hundred and seventy-seven pages. The intro music to our podcast is "A Babe of the Night" by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Have a good night, Dave.